0: everybody. My name is Lisa Grund, and thank you very much for joining us today on the Unfuck Your Life show. We have with us in the studio today, Heather Ann Havenwood. And Heather Ann Havenwood is a serial entrepreneur and is regarded as a top authority on digital marketing, sales coaching, and online publishing business strategies. Heather Ann has been named... Top 50 Must Follow Women Entrepreneurs for 2017 by Huffington Post. She is also called the Chief Sexy Boss from her Amazon bestseller book, Sexy Boss, how female entrepreneurship is changing the rule book and beating the big boys. And others call her an icon creator or a wizard behind the curtain. In 2006, she started, developed, and grew an online information marketing publishing company from ground zero to over $1 million in sales in less than 12 months. Starting without a list, a product, a name, or an offer, Heather Ann molded her business partner into a successful guru now known as an expert in his field, and she did it again in 2015. She has instructed, coached, and promoted hundreds of entrepreneurs, leading them down the path to success in building a lucrative business from their knowledge and leveraging it online. Hello, Heather. Yes. Thank you, thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Awesome, I just wanted to let you know that our listeners out there are a lot of women entrepreneurs. There are a lot of women business professionals who are not only breaking through glass ceilings, they are setting it to whole other higher standards. Mm. And a lot of them want to know, they wanna know your story. They wanna know how did she make it all happen? How did she become the wizard behind the curtain? And in this day and age, she had the audacity to call herself Sexy Boss. How amazing is that? So Heather, would you like to start telling us some of your story?
1: Absolutely. I, you know, first of all, um, Sexy Boss, the name Sexy Boss has a kind of a, a punch in people's faces, just like this show "Unfuck Your Life, mm-hmm. right? It's like a punch because it really wakes people up. It makes people think, and it gives people this whole interaction of, what is that? You know, it's mm-hmm. very provocative yes. and a curiosity to it. Yeah. So I love the name. It's super hot. Unfuck your life. Cause it's so true. I think for me, the word sexy boss is, I guess, the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. go unfuck your life and be the boss that you are, be the bitch that you are, be the bitch badass that you are. And, and that's because I had to, I've become myself and allow myself to be what I call the badass bitch I am, you know? And I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with the fact is, is that, that we are taught, at least I was taught as a woman to be fucking nice and it doesn't serve us in life. Right. And I love the fact that I, I did create these businesses and I was the wizard behind the scenes, but God, how many women out there are supporting men and building their businesses? There's like a huge stat of men owned companies, but they're run by women. And so part of that for me to say, Hey, I don't like that. I had to break through for myself and go, well, then if you don't like it, Heather, do something about it and step out, step out from behind the curtain and step in front of the curtain and go, Hey, you know, enough is enough. And that's, that was the whole point of me doing everything I'm doing now. That is
0: just an awesome story. I think that a lot of people, a lot of women are going to be really interested in hearing some more of your story and how you did exactly that. Because a lot of us might think that, okay, she calls herself sexy boss. She's blonde. She's cute. She's very attractive. Of course, she's the sexy boss. And it's so interesting that just like me naming my show, Unfuck Your Life, it's all about freedom, that that's really the stat that you set for yourself as you set yourself a goal up there, way up there. And you knew Mm -hmm. that you were more than a match for it.
1: I was. And you know, it's funny when I go to, sometimes I go to events and people go, Oh, you're the sexy boss. And it's really strange for me. You go, Oh, but it's kind of one of those things where you say, who you are, who you really want to be, I, I don't sometimes see myself that way. I'm like, I'm wearing a shirt. If you see, if you are done the podcast, you don't see it. it says being the boss is sexy. I mean, sometimes I wear this shirt. I have, a, I have multiple of them. I wear them pretty much every day. It's kind of my uh, uniform for the day. right? And I do it as a reminder for me. It's not necessarily even been a branding conversation because I'm sometimes in coffee shops or by myself all day. But I mean, it's really about a reminder of me and what the hell I'm doing. What, you know, what the hell am I doing? What am I creating here? What am I up to? Oh, I forgot. Like if I can stand for myself and being financially self-sufficient, then I can help other women because my goal and mission in life is to help all women on the planet be financially self-sufficient because I know that if women and when women are financially self-sufficient, they make new choices in their lives.
0: Yes, they do. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you specifically, do you have a story of struggle? Is there some struggle in
1: your background?
0: <laughs> How much yeah, time do you have? Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. exactly. But, How um, much time do we have?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so many, but I will say that one of the biggest ones that I've talked about a lot um, is that was the most hurtful, I think. I mean, there's been many times in my life I've had a lot of struggle. I think a lot of people have, a lot of entrepreneurs have, but the big one is when I was financially just ruined i went through financial bankruptcy i lost my house my first house i ever bought um and the hardest part of that is you know i didn't have you find out who your friends are you find out who your real family is you find out who really will support you when you're down in the dirt and eating dirt you know you really find out who got your back and who doesn't Mm -hmm. and that number usually is pretty damn small very small and so I think that was the hardest part, but I built a business from zero to million dollars in sales in 2005 and six with a business partner and we did very well. Um, but he was a bad business partner. He, uh, just had trust issues. I came back one day from an event and, um, a marketing seminar and everything was gone. So he, Empty the bank accounts and turned all the websites off and over to him and just like locked me out completely the business, but left me with all the debt. And I was the, I was the woman behind the scenes. I was the one building him up as the man. And so it was, he just took the business and ran and no one knew really who I was in the background. So it was easy for him to do. Um, and, but left me, my house was in foreclosure within 60 days and uh, then financial bankruptcy within six months. Right. The, the hardest part of that was, my mom, uh, I grew up, my mom was struggling financially. And so here it's happening to me at the young age of 31. And I thought to myself, what ha- I thought I was smarter than this. I'm not dumb. You know, there's this like, there's a, there's a thing called it's happening and dealing with reality. And then there's a thing called ego <laughs> and dealing with my ego going, no, 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 I'm smarter yeah. than other people. This doesn't happen to me. You know, so I had to really deal with that ego. And then there was the piece of just dealing with family and friends who just all of a sudden, when you're down in the dirt, they walk away. And I'll never forget the day my church pastor, a female, um, she shows up on one day with uh, 12 paper at my house. And I started crying because I mean, I had nothing, nothing. All credit cards were shut off and I'll use them when you go through bankruptcy, I had no cash. I had the car. You know, you just like nothing going on. And I literally needed that toilet paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you have to pick yourself up from that point as a woman, which is a whole other level mm-hmm. than a man, right? It, there just is, it really brings a sense of survival in you. It does bring out the, I call the internal bitch in you. Mm-hmm. Either you either cry yourself to sleep, which I did many times, or you fight back. Mm -hmm. And so now as I'm here in Austin, Texas and, and, and doing well, people go, well, you need to like calm that part of you down. I'm like, what do you, what? Like, this is the part of me that got me out of that hole, you know? And that part will net the hustler, the, they call the bitch. I'm like, I'm proud of that person. So. It took me Can a they while interrupt to open you for them? just a
0: second, Heather. Yeah.
1: So they told you to stop that energy that got you
0: out of that, that got I you do that out all of the time. That. That got, you, that got you moving again, that they'd ask you, a lot of people out there ask you to stop that, to tone it down. And see, that's why this show is here. That's exactly why this show is here, to unfuck your life. Because I am just fucking sick and tired of hearing of stories like that. Oh, you're too much. I've heard that my whole life. And so I want some more. I want to hear some more about how the bitch, how that part of you, that strong part of you, I like to call it the demon bitch from hell. That's how I refer to that. Tell us more about her and how she got you from toilet paper to Austin. We all want to know. You know, I remember um,
1: there's a difference being a female and rising up than there is a male. With a male in our society, it's like cool, you know? With the woman, it's like, oh, you're too much or you're too much of a bitch or you need to chill that down. I remember I was on a plane ride. Um, in, the, in between like 2006 and seven, I actually ended up living in Marco Island on a friend's couch and I was on a plane ride going to some event. Um, I think I was working or something. I got a kind of a weird job at one point. And I remember this guy, this 55 year old guy, white guy looked at me and I was kind of telling him what's going on in my life. I don't know why, cause there was a plane ride and I was bored. And he just, he nabbed my, like he grabbed my knee and patted it. And he goes, it's okay, honey, you're pretty. You'll get married. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, and I'll never fucking forget that. And it was just like, I wanted to, I mean, I smiled. I was like, ah. but I want to like, fuck you. You would never say that to me. Neither a guy. You know, I just was watching a, a, a show about Elon Musk, his ups and downs, all those crazy shit that he's been through in life and Steve Jobs. And I promise you, never in during their time of ups and downs, someone go, oh, Steve, Stop it, Steve Jobs. Just like go get like a regular job. Just go get married. Like they never fucking said that to them. But women, it's like, oh, I've had boyfriends at the time. Guys, I was living with slash boyfriends say to me, okay, can you stop this whole entrepreneur thing? Just go get a, Just go become a waitress. And it was, it was like, what the hell? You would never say that to a man. A man would be like, you could do it. I believe in you or whatever you would say. But a woman, there's like this whole like thing about going after what you really want, it's fine, honey, as long as you're not a bitch about it. As long as you're still sweet and loving all the fucking time, that's okay. But the moment you just, you got to be strong in who you are and say what you need and say what you want. And you're going to say, no, I want more. The moment you get into that level, which is, they call the bitch. I call it going after what you want. They -hmm. get all like, okay, you can like stop, you know? And I, that's that's my experience. I'm not saying everyone's experience. And Some people, some women have men in their lives that have completely supported them. And I say, that's awesome. And that's great. But I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. Every time that I'm down the dirt with men, when I'm you know, down the dirt, they don't help me out. They kick me in the face. I've never had a man go here, let me help you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've never experienced that in my life. So I'm not saying that doesn't happen. That's just my stuff. But at the same time, I think women, it, I want to empower the women to have a voice. It is okay to have a voice and no matter what men or women say, women too, are just as bad where it's like, okay, that's great. You can have dreams, but as long as you don't step on me or as long as you don't offend me or as long as you don't bother me, then I'm okay with it. But the moment it ripples the feathers of them, that's where they get upset. You know, what's really interesting that um, I'm
0: drawing some um, analogies from what you're saying is a lot of women that I have worked with, a lot of women entrepreneurs that I've worked with starting their own companies is what, what stops them most often, what gets in the way, the head trash, the brain trash that gets in the way is them too much listening to what someone else said about how A woman should behave. How much she could make, and you know, and that's just bullshit. It's just, it's just fucking bullshit. (laughs) And I love how you're sharing this information because whether you embrace your demon bitch from hell, whether you just go for it, whether you play balls out, and that's right, I said balls out because let's let's face that we have more balls. They just happen to have them on the outside. That's all. (laughs) Doesn't mean I don't love men. It's just you know, I'm just saying. So anyway. If you could, if there's one thing that you see a woman do that mm-hmm. kind of fucks up their success more than anything else,
1: oh, I know what it what, is. What is it? So the number one thing you've already kind of said it, just reiterating it, is stop asking for permission. Mm. Stop it. Just stop it. Um, when I wrote the sexy, Boss, I'll tell you the story of the sexy boss. So, awesome. um, I was kind of reinventing myself. I moved to Austin. I'm reinventing myself. I'm starting the business from scratch. And my, now what you didn't know is when I was going through the bankruptcy back then, I had a, a friend of mine, Alex Mendozian, reach out to me and say, one day you're going to share your story. And I pretty much said the F-bomb to him. Like, fuck, I'm never going to share. I was very like ashamed at what was happening. So I was like, hell no, I'm never going to do that. You know? And he was like, whatever, when you're ready. So here is 2012, 2013. And I'm with a friend of mine named Joe Sugarman. And he goes, I think it's time for you to start sharing your story. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what that means. And he goes, well, you're kind of like a sexy boss. You are sexy because you own who you are as a woman and the boss because you own all areas of your life. And I was like, oh, and he goes, I think it's time you started sharing your story to really empower the women. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. So that's how it started. Now, I did not ask permission. Other than Joe, I had a kind of a copy editor. Mm -hmm. I had my coach at the time. That was it. I did not tell anybody else. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because I'm one of those people in the past where I'm like, oh, I have an idea. Oh, can I tell you? Can I tell you? And you're like, oh, I don't like it. Or oh, can I tell you? Can I tell you? And then like you downplay it. Whoever they are, you know, they. Oh. So I was like, I'm not telling anyone. I'm just gonna do it. I feel strongly about this. I'm gonna do it. So it comes out. By the way, from zero to ninety days, I had it completed. The whole damn book, everything, Kindle, uh, paperback, uh, Audible, whole thing everything because I was so passionate about it. So I got it out and then I, oh, the backlash started. Ooh, backlash, you know, of like, I don't think women want to be a sexy boss. I got that one. I got, you know, I just think that's a little, a little much, you know, I got, um, I think you're being, you're overstating yourself. There's just all, yet all this shit. And I forget this one, there was a guy here in Austin, his name is Dave. And he, I known for a couple of years in the marketing side of things. And he reached, he came over to me like privately at this event. And he said, I just want to let you know that I don't think women want to be sexy bosses. Okay. And I, was polite and said, "Okay, well, that's your view. Thank you." Mm, smile, right? But I wanted to say what I wanted to say. Yes. Was like, I know who the fuck your wife is, and mm-hmm. I'm clear. You don't fucking run shit in that family. I know who runs the damn pants in that family, and it ain't you, Dave. It's her. I've met her. I'm clear who runs the damn ship in that family, and the only reason where you're at, where you're at today, is because of her. Mm-hmm. So do not fucking tell me women don't want to be sexy bosses because your wife is a sexy boss. That's what I wanted to say because mm-hmm. I feel like sexy boss is an energy of like, it's I mean, an energy, yes, it. it's, like, it's like a fuck it energy, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, fuck it, this is who I am. If you don't like it, that's cool. But I will say one thing uh, that women have come at me either one or two ways they do come at me like, oh my god, I love it, like you, you're one of the energy people that like just totally get it, mm-hmm. and then they have the, the women who say, I don't want to be sexy in the workplace. And I'm always like pulled back by that because if you look at Think of Girl Rich, Napoleon Hill, chapter 12, called Sex Transmutation, yes, sexuality energy is a success principle. With men, though, we call that charismatic 007 walks in a room, yes, damn yes. right, right. But then a woman walks in the room who owns her, shit, we call that a bitch, right? Demean. Yes. Versus, like, no, that's a sexy boss. She owns her shit. People, and here's another piece of that, Lisa, that you'll understand. In artistry or, or let's call it arts, actor actresses, musicians, they're allowed to be sexy bosses. Beyonce, Madonna. Absolutely. Yes. Tina Turner. Tina Turner. But you place that in the boardroom without being an artist first? What the fuck do you think you're doing? It's okay for Beyonce to do it. It's okay for Madonna or Tina Turner because they're musicians. Mm -hmm. They're they're singers. They're songwriters. They're they're in that world that it's okay to be hot and sexy, but you just be a businesswoman and you own who you are charismatically. That's not, that's where they get very, this is, that's what I want to change is being able to be a businesswoman without, I don't know how, you know, I'm not a good dancer. I'm not a great singer. So it's never going to be that way for me. But I want to be able to rule and be able to be in my own energy at the boardroom on the boardroom. You know what I mean? Like walk in and not have to be a Madonna first.
0: I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you are saying because so I'm going to go back to the 007, the charismatic. Yes. He's sexy as fucking hell. And he is charismatic. Yeah. And we have made a big F and deal about what a woman, what a woman can wear. I was just thinking about this earlier today, that from the '60s to the '70s to the mm-hmm. '80s, if you looked at what was clothing appropriate attire for women in the boardroom, it's ridiculous. I mean, sometimes it looks like we were, you know, dressed up as dolls, and other times we had the shoulder pad, shoulder pad, the the shoulder pads, our ears, and you know, and 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 now finally, it feels like we're able to pick our wardrobe and really rock it. And I love how you brought this energy in because sexy is an energy. It is an energy that says, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I mm-hmm. know what I have to offer you. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And not even here you go. It's like, there it is. There it like, is. There, there it is. There I'm it owning
1: is. my power. I'm going to own my power and stand in that and not let that sway me and just mm-hmm. own it. Yeah. This it's, it's and again, it, when anyone box at me, I'm like, okay, well then I guess you're telling me that Think and Grow Rich Napoleon Hill is wrong. I love that you drew out that quote from um, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to have to go back and reread that book. No, it, yeah. So many times I, I'm on interviews or whatnot and I say, did you read chapter 12, Sex Transmutation? I, I didn't read that one. Yeah, did you read Mastermind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you read that one? Okay, did you read, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, principles, but they see sex transmutation and they skip it. And base, one, because it's weird terminology. Mm-hmm. It was also mm-hmm. written in the 30s for it was only men. So there's a lot underlying that. But if you read it and read it from an energy perspective, you can read such that the, what they're saying is sexuality, sex... There's sex called, you know, having sex with somebody to procreate. And then there's right. The sexuality, right? We call that charismatic energy with a man. Sexuality is where a woman owns all areas of her life, not trying to shun off another area of their life, right? So it's a very powerful energy, sexuality. Bill Clinton, I mean, he's a very, he's a very mm-hmm. charismatic guy. He's also very highly mm-hmm. sexual, right? People who are very highly sexual energetically are powerful fucking people. I don't care if you like them or not. They're powerful people. Donald Trump is a very high sexual person. Like him or not, political I don't give a shit. Yeah. It is true. Bill Clinton was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like him or not, right? So you got to look at that, but where is that in the female? And what's happened over time is that when women go in the boardroom, they take that sexuality piece of them and they stuff it. Mm-hmm. and they stuff it down. But if you, I mean, I'm, I just thought of this. I'm sure you've experienced this with the girlfriends or friends. You're like, you know, when a girl walks in the room and maybe she just hasn't been fucked in a long time and she walks yeah. in and you're like, Something's different about you, girl. You know what yes. I mean? Like, you know that exactly. Nothing, nothing, everything's nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. Yeah, nothing's changed. You know, because she's had like a wild screen orgasm, and that whole sexuality piece of her has been released. Yes. You no, know? and even though in her view, it's like nothing's changed. I'm like something's altered in her energy. She has more power. Mm-hmm. She literally has more power. And there was a guy, and I'll share this story with you, Lisa, because it was so profound for me. At a period in my life, I wore big suits uh-huh. and little necks. Okay. And because I was trying to cover up my sexuality, I was yes. to cover up my boobs, I wore flats, I wore grays, I wore like, I didn't have my hair blonde, whole nine yards, you should see me, you're mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is that girl? Um, and now I'm like, I got my nails, I got my blonde hair, I'm like, you don't play with me on that, right? So I will say there's a, there's a friend of mine, or kind of a friend of mine at the time, in a seminar, and it was like, 200 people, and he's at the front of the room. I wouldn't say he's a nice guy. He's like a pompous asshole in our space, but you know, <laughs> I'll give him that cred. He says to me in front of the whole room, he says to me and points me out, calls me out and goes, you know, you'd be way more powerful in a skirt and heels. Now I, I'm pissed, right? I'm like, who the hell do you think you are? Telling me I should be, you know, it yeah. was a very, I don't know. I don't know how it was a very sexist. I felt, you know, I was very triggered by it. Mm-hmm. But the next day, and the next day I came down to the, to the seminar room and I, I, I have a very, uh, if I'm challenged, I have a big, like, fuck you. I'm going to show you thing going on. Mm-hmm. I know I do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always serve me, but in this case it kind of did. So I, here I am in like a skirt and went to the, went to the knee, a little above the knee, Nothing, you know, nice skirt, pencil skirt and a blouse, white blouse. And my hair done. and I had some nice heels on I and mean, nothing crazy. And I walk in like, oh, show you. Wait, whatever. So I go in, he stops the room I'm in the back of the room. He tells everyone to turn around because he's at the front of the room. It's in our room. And I'm just like, crap. What's he going to say now? You know? And he goes, you now own your power. Now, in the moment, I'm going, what the fuck does a skirt have to do with owning my fucking power? Mm-hmm. You know? But I get it now. At the time, I didn't get it. What okay. he was trying to say was, you're a woman. Own it. You're a woman, it wasn't about my legs because the, the thing went down to my knee. You know, it was simple. I didn't show, I wasn't showing any boobs, right? Mm-hmm. It was long sleeve blouse, but it was very tailored. And he was basically saying, own your feminine energy. Own it. Because you're way more powerful with that.
0: I really like that because that was one of the things that kind of struck out to me as being called the sexy boss, is that it's not only okay to be feminine, you rock your femininity, because yeah. don't hide who, who it is that you are. Yes, mm-hmm. we don't have to put the girls out for show for everyone to see except for who we want them to see, however right. they are a part of us. We can look freaking great in whatever outfit that we are wearing. Yeah. Men don't yeah. wear suits that, powerful men don't wear suits that are cut
1: incorrectly. They don't. No. They wear suits that look hot. Yes, they do. Now, there's a, there's a show out, I think, on USA Today called Suits,
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And-
1: I love that show. And the Mm -hmm. women fucking rock it. Like all the women on these, like, you know, they look, their outfits are obviously for high-end lawyers, so they're conservative. They're not showing their titties or anything, but they rock it. Like they just got these outfits that just rock it and all the guys rock it too. And I feel like they're just a bunch of sexy bosses walking around, you know? Yeah. That for me has been a big eye-opener process, but it's also, it's 2013, I'm ready to to go to the next level. I'm looking at, you know, what's going to be next for me and how I can really support my mission, which is, you know, helping all women that to be self-sufficient. So once they're self-sufficient, they make new choices in life. I know that I would have made new choices in life if I was Mm -hmm. self-sufficient, financially self-sufficient the whole time. So
0: I'm going to ask you one more question. I think you've already answered it. I'm okay. going to ask it anyway. To all of the twelve year olds, the twenty-year-olds, the thirty-year-olds, mm-hmm. the 50 year olds, the 70-year-olds, if you
1: give them just one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, okay. Well, there's one. And I'm looking over you know on a podcast you can't see, but I'm looking over to my right because it's sitting right here on my board. <laughs> I look at it every day. And I wrote it in two thousand. I wrote it on a piece of paper that I pulled out of something. In mm-hmm. pencil, um, I wrote it when it was 2008. Mm-hmm. I was living in Florida, I was living on someone's couch. Mm-hmm. Broke as shit. Like I had nothing. I had my car. I had my cell phone. That I paid cash. So to go somewhere, and pay cash. I didn't have credit cards. Nothing. Yep, I've so- been there. <laughs> it's. Um, when people say broke and they're like, and I still had my Mercedes. It's just like, you know, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Nope. So I've always like visualize the picture. I didn't have car insurance because I couldn't afford it. I yep, yep, no hit me. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had my cell phone and I paid like the minimum. Um, so a friend of mine called me. He was in East Florida. who's very successful in this and as a coach. And he goes, why don't you come dinner with me? And I said, well, that sounds amazing, but I probably don't have enough money to get back. Gas money. He goes, well, I'll, I'll give you some cash to get back okay, great. So I go down there and he says, um, we have dinner. It was amazing. Ruth Chris dinner, had great steak and asparagus he paid. It was awesome. And he said, I want you to start asking yourself this question before you do anything in life. I go, what's that? And I pull out a piece of paper. That's why I wrote, does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And I'm like, I don't get it. He's like, well, when you're clear you can move when you can move it's when you can actually get to potential momentum when you have momentum you can have power and I looked at him and I go Richard that sounds so awesome I got nothing going on to be clear about I'm just spinning I'm spinning every day I wake up in a spin. He goes I know you gotta start somewhere. So where you start is the tiniest little tiniest thing like are you sure you know are you gonna eat that cake? right? Does it feed your confusion, or strengthen your clarity to eat that cake? I was like, well, you know, then is it having that conversation with that person? Is it asking permission for something? Is it going to add clarity or add confusion in your life? And then it's down to, should I do this interview with Lisa? Is it going to cause clarity or confusion? Is it going to take on a partnership? Is it going to cause clarity or confusion? So you start to ask yourself all these questions over and over again. And that is literally how I got to where I'm at today. Because if you've ever been in a situation, it could have been a divorce. It could have been a car wreck, whatever the situation is. And you just feel like you just don't know what heads up. You just don't know what to do next. You're just kind of spinning. And it could be years. You still feel like you're spinning. Mm -hmm. It's how do you get out of that spin right? And people are like, well, you just get clear on what you want to do and go after it. No shit, Sherlock, but how do you get out of the spin, right? And it's like, does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? The power in that question is so remarkable. You start asking yourself that question of relationships, marriages, partnerships, places where you live, things in your life. Does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? I went through my entire house recently. I picked up everything and said, Does it feed my confusion? drink them, my clarity? I got rid of a ton of crap because everything's energy. Yes. Relationships. I had two relationships in my life. I, what I call broke up and I, you know, friendships broke up this week because they cause confusion in my life. If I, if they, if they, if they're causing confusion in my life, then I'm causing confusion in their life. That's just how it is. Right. My job is to add clarity on this show today. And when I add clarity, than other people who feel clarity. That's that's the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I'm adding confusion or chaos anywhere, then it's gonna it's gonna ripple effect. I really
0: like I really like that question from the simplicity of it because it's easy to remember. Does this add to my confusion or add to my clarity? I really like that, and then I like the stories that you told with that because literally that's what it is. That. That question is how you can unfuck your life. Is that simple? It really is because if we're throwing all of that confusion out there, oh man, we're getting it more back more than a thousandfold. And then just like you said, spinning. Yes, who among us hasn't known that spinning? And I, as a coach, have never told anybody just to stop it. Just to okay, you know that that's what it is. Just do something different. It doesn't work that way. We got to go through this process. There's been some programming. And basically what you did with that is you were able to reprogram each and every single thing, each and every single message, each and every single artifact, you want to call it that thing in your house relationships that we have because you know women that's really what it's all about is there's a lot of people in our life that aren't just zeros they're sucking energy big time and you know they're vampires and we run from vampires in the movie and yet we invite them into our homes are you fucking kidding me this is listen to what Heather said does this add to my confusion or add to my clarity and let's have the result to be able to go you know what this is it, because Heather just shared, and it wasn't cavalierly, she just shared two relationships had to go, and -hmm. they had to go just because they weren't suiting her, and because they weren't suiting her, they probably weren't suiting them either, regardless of what the other person thinks, and it's past time that we have to care so much about what someone else thinks, and care about Mm -hmm. how we think and feel, and Heather has just done a fabulous job of showing that to us. I want to share oh, something real quick. Absolutely. So I want to women, hear
1: A lot of women will say, why well, don't want to hurt their feelings? Or I, want, uh, you know, I really want to support them and what they're up to. And I hear that a lot. Or I just don't want to rub the apple cart. Or you know, there's just a lot of terminology mm-hmm. there. And I just like, it, it's feeding. It's, you've got to, to look out for number one. Is it feed your confusion or strengthen your clarity? And I remember talking to a client recently, a man a man client, actually 60% of my clients are men, believe it or not. And I said to him, point frankly about about a decision he made. He already made the decision, by the way. And then I got on the phone with him. (laughs) And I said, does it feed your confusion or strengthen your clarity? And I just shut up. And he just sat there. And he tried to him and ha and all these reasons and the pros and the cons and the positives and the negatives. Like you could tell he did like a whole list, right? A positive and negatives and stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Does it feature confusion or your clarity? Answer the question.
0: He was like, shit,
1: it causes confusion. I'm like, okay, you know the answer. Now it's up to you to just decide it. But the clarity in that, it's not about pros and cons. It's very different. Mm-hmm. You know, I could look at my those friends and go, Oh, look all these pros, we had a good time here, and like look, look, all the pros. Mm-hmm. And like one con, you know, if you look yeah. at that, you're like, Oh, I'll keep them in my life. Yeah. Like, does it feed your confusion in your life or does it feed your clarity? Boom. Mm-hmm. It's like that. I mean, bam. You know, and it's such a key piece. I remember when I was sitting there in Marco Island and I was completely lost and I kind of, I I don't mean this in a negative way, but I was starting to listen to Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. and it's not bad because I like Tony, Mm -hmm. but the ones I was listening to at the time were all about like, just go after what you want in life and just this whole like big, 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 big. Yep. Yep. like, I wanted to scream at him like, yo, Tony, like, I don't even know how I'm going to eat tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm doing tomorrow. I'm living in South Florida. The average age is 80. I'm 32 years old. I'm broke. And it's 2008. And there ain't no jobs. I don't know. what Dream big. Are you fucking kidding me? Don't tell me that crap. I don't even know what the hell I'm going to do tomorrow, much less than two hours. And I have like $10. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that crap. How do I get out of this? How do I move? That is just, that's, that's real. Mm-hmm.
0: That's it's very real. real. It's very real. Yes, I've never been a proponent of the massive, massive action all the freaking time. It's one foot in front of the other, one piece of clarity in front of the other. And I would mm-hmm. like to just highlight something in the way that you described it, just so the um, audience understands mm-hmm. it. Is that what she said? What she said to her client? There was no judgment. None. Just no. Asked. A question. And see, that's what a lot of us as women don't get is that we think, and this is why also that you put on a skirt the next day. Number one, there was the challenge. And the number two is even though it sounded like a sexist remark from the guy, he just made a statement. That's it. There was no judgment in his statement and you picked up on the energy of that. And that's what I challenge all of us to do, because if we just look at words and we just see words, we're going to think, oh, oh, oh well, oh, you know, and we're going to be all up in the argument and the, and the frustration and the, oh, I'm right. And what a jackass that person is. Yeah, sure. Maybe they're a jackass. However, when there's the no judgment because that's what this is, is there's no judgment. Does it add your confusion? Does it add your clarity? When your coach asks you a question, when anyone asks you a question, let go of judgment, especially judgment of yourself on it, and just allow yourself to start seeing. Because that's how she went from ten dollars to a lot Where, more than ten dollars. I live
1: in Austin with a nice Lexus, and I live in like the most <laughs> best area in fucking Austin. So, you know, and I'm not. I'm saying that because it's real, and mm-hmm. I want. And I almost, I just caught myself. I almost said. I'm not saying that to boast. I am boasting. Absolutely. I, What's I, wrong I, with boasting? I, Absolutely. I, Bring I, it I, on. Ended up on the fucking streets. Mhm. It was like right there for me. Mhm. Okay? So yeah. people and I had someone recently go, "Your story's profound because I'm clear you probably could to end up in the streets as a heroin addict or something." I go, "Oh, I was super close to that." Be our prostitute. I, I got that. Yeah. Well, so I, I think that people don't realize that there's power in the question you ask. And like you said, when I asked my client that, there was no judgment. I wanted him, I was forcing him to ask him, forcing him to ask himself that question. He knew the answer. I didn't answer the question for yourself. And when he was faced with that question and I was faced with that question, what will add clarity in my life? Well, at that time, my my friend looked at me and goes, hey, you gotta get out of here. You're sitting 32 years old and 2008 well, there's no jobs here. You need to go where jobs are. I'm like, yeah, I, I got that. But how? Because I'm going to give you some money. It's as much money as I have to give you. There's no more behind it. You got a one-time shot. You got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I moved to Austin. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have a plan. But as one of my coaches said, you're not a tree. You can move. It's called U-Haul. Okay. That adds clarity. That's it. That's all I knew. Does the female confusion strengthen my clarity? Hey, that's clarity. That's it. I had no plan. And you've got to get the surrender in that and the no control of it. And I know about you, Lisa, but I get clients all the time who go, well, I need to know. I gotta know. I gotta know it's going to work. I'm like, forget about it. <laughs> I get the same thing. Yep. <laughs> Good luck with that. Why don't you get in the car and make a promise to yourself that you won't, you know, get killed. There's just not. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee shit with you, but if you're doing something that's adding clarity to your life, what I can promise you is that you're moving, mm-hmm. you're moving and you're not going backwards. That I can, that I can promise you mm-hmm. and think of a train, right? Only does a train get power. Have You ever seen a power, a train at full speed? It's yeah, like a it's, a, it's really awesome. How, how do you go from standstill, standstill to, to momentum? to power you got to get clear okay sounds perfect and all that crap but when you're spinning how do you get clear you start slowly getting clear mm-hmm. it's not overnight you know so i could go on forever but i just think that's the biggest one is does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity not here's what it doesn't say it doesn't say do what your mom and dad want you to do it doesn't say do what your husband wants you to do it doesn't say well this is good for my my parents or it doesn't say this is good for my kids or this is good for my husband because he, w- he would be upset if I did anything else. It doesn't say that shit. Mm-hmm. It says, does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? I'm tired of women giving away their power to their husbands and their kids. And then when they're gone, then they'll take their power back. What the
0: yeah. I've seen that way, 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 way too many times. Stop it. Yes. And actually, to be honest, you know, I did that for some time. I did. That was part we of all my have. life once upon okay. a time. And you know what? There's there's no shame. There's no blame. It's just an is. It's like it was there one moment and you own it. That's really what that um, question also does is you own it. Not only do you own your power and potency, you own the decision, you own the moment. And that's what that's what makes everything happen. That's why you're not a heroin addict. That's why you're, you know, building the businesses that you build. That's why you are this, you know, the, what was the, the quote? Huffington Post. Huffington Post that Entrepreneur of the Year. Top 50 must follow women entrepreneurs for 2017. Thanks. Wow. We have been Thank such you. an honor to have you as a guest on the show today. So if somebody wanted to reach you, if they wanted to get out more
1: information from you, where could they go? So they can go to callwithheather.com. That just gets right on my calendar and have a conversation with me. Some things that I do, I do marketing coaching and sales coaching, um, as you know. And also I help people launch people's podcasts, as you know. Yes, and you are a client, if you're okay with me saying that. I am. I'm sorry, proud of you, by the way. This is going to be an amazing show for people to really, and women specifically, to allow themselves to let go. And to really unfuck their life. And I mean that in truly the most powerful, loving way I can. Um, and it's been an honor to be here, but it's an honor to see you grow and go after what you want. To launch a show, to launch a podcast is a big deal. It takes it a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of things. You trusted me as your coach. And so I'm honoring that. Absolutely. Honored to be here to share my story with others. And so it's just, you know, for me, it's just go to heather.com to have a conversation. Um, and then heatherhavenwood.com. But honestly, you know, Lisa, the fact that I remember when you and I were talking about the name, Mm -hmm. you know, you had your own reservations about like, oh my God. I did. (laughs) I did. And I'm like, girl, you got to go for it. Yep. Because anything else other than you is completely inauthentic. You know, I could have called sexy boss like uh, she boss. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have, I could have called it female boss, but I didn't. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't about that; it was about sexiness. And for you, it's about unfucking your life. Yeah, and what that's... is? And what exactly does that mean? What does that mean to you? It means to me. What? That means that just means
0: freedom. That just means that uh, the end of the bullshit story. The end of the bullshit. Everything. And I love that word "fuck" because I was never allowed to say yeah. that word. I don't think I started saying either. that word until maybe I was like maybe 21, 22 years old. And then people would people would say, wow, you say that fuck word a lot. And I'm like, you're fucking right, I do. I do say that because that word works for everything. And the biggest part of it is freedom. Freedom from who people thought you should be, told you you should be. Freedom from what you thought you could have. Because like Heather, I lived in my car for three days. Yes, it was a Mini Cooper. It's a hot car, but it's pretty freaking small to sleep in. So- <laughs> freedom is that freedom and and when we want freedom more than anything else mm-hmm. sometimes freedom can be a trap because really what we do is we just expand our ego to give us more space so yeah. we think that we have more room That's not freedom. The freedom says right here in front of God and everyone that hey, you know what? I I believe in spirituality. I believe in unfucking your life. I think sex opens up a lot of doors for myself, and you don't have to have sex with other people. I believe that asking yourself a question: Does this feed my confusion or feed my clarity? That's all the coaching you ever need. <laughs> I mean, we're just gravy on top of that. We really are to help get you further. Once you have the clarity and continue with that momentum, you are so much more powerful than you think mm. your power and your potency. And that is sexy as
1: hell. Any final words where we sit before we say goodbye? Yeah. Go on. Fuck your life. People, <sighs> just, you know, go on. Fuck your life. Women. It's, it'll be the freedom. That you never thought is possible. That's what I would say.
0: I love it. Remember, guys, call with Heather.com. This is Lisa Grundin, another episode of Unfuck Your Life, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye.